Hey everyone, this is the Story X Story podcast. We talk about stories from film, television, comics, and video games. Stick around for great conversations on stories we love and tips on creating your own. on Sunday the 16th of June and I'm your host Lau, MyMeta co-founder. And I'm uh, the other MyMeta uh, co-founder Nigel, I'm also actively looking for a new computer. <laughs> we also have with us today a couple of guests so I'd like to introduce guest number one, uh, it is Shay. Yes like it is indeed. Uh, so yeah I'm Shay, I'm a video games presenter and host um, working for like BAFTA McLaren now uh, which is really exciting um, and I used to stream like full-time for Xbox Interactive UK um, and I also founded Level Up Link Up which is like a sort of monthly event to try and get more diversity into the games industry because it really needs it. Awesome cool stuff glad to have you on the show. And we also have Annabelle. And would you like to introduce yourself, Annabelle? Hello, I'm Annabelle, um, also known as Creatively Anzi. I founded Meddling Gamers, which is a gaming community that promotes diversity and inclusion in the video games industry. So we do events and panel talks, and we're just trying to promote just diversity and inclusion, I suppose, and basically more people of colour. That's what we're trying to do. Awesome. And thanks for joining us today. And if you haven't guessed, today is going to have a little bit of diversity in the topic. Um, but before we move on, we also haven't forgotten to introduce our fabulous producer, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Gina. I'm the show's producer and I'm also a freelance artist as well. Thanks very much. Okay, so let's get cracking. Um, we're just going to start with what's happening in the Maya Meta universe. So, uh, for those of you who have been following along, you probably know that we have kicked off the Maya Meta Summer Events Tour. And so far, we have done the following. I'm just going to hand over to Nigel to just give us a catch up. Nigel, oh, what yeah. have we been doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, so far, we've done Comic-Con. Uh, we spoke a bit about that on the last show. And just yesterday, actually, we had our, I think our first workshop of this summer events tour. So for, uh, for those who might be new to it, it's just um, like all the events that we're doing from events, conventions, workshops over the summer months. And yesterday we were at Uniqlo um, flagship store in Oxford Street doing a manga workshop to celebrate the release of their manga UT line, which is like a bunch of t-shirts inspired by things like My Hero Academia, Bleach, and uh, other things that uh, escaped me at the moment. But we were there for about four hours, and it was just a chance for people to come down, have a go at creating their own characters, sketching designing stories, having a go at creating like panels of, um, of manga. So like me and Gina were there and yeah, it was a good, good four hours. It was quite, I wasn't sure what to expect um, because 
you know, we do a lot of workshops and it's usually at schools or other youth organizations. And, you know, you kind of get people there for like a solid two hour block and it's the same people, whereas this was sort of a drop in and drop out session. So I wasn't sure who's was going to turn up or for how long, but yeah, it turned out really well. That's awesome. It's funny because like, I'm, I'm not sure if you follow the, the kind of Uniqlo news, <laughs> such a thing exists, but um, <laughs> basically... I am on a mailing list. Well, well it, the, the thing is, they, they actually had a, a few issues in some of the other countries when they did the release of the, the new range. Oh. Um, yeah, they had to kind of really uh, plan um, for like all the other kind of regions because it, it, it was carnage, a bit like uh, Black Friday in some places. Oh, right. Yeah. That kind of carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, no, I didn't mad. know. No, it was all like really peaceful and, and friendly where we were. I don't know what's happening in other countries, but everyone was very civil from what I saw, at least. I don't know what happened when I left the shop, but. <laughs> Civility in London, that is like unheard of. My goodness. I know. It was an amazing thing. And we got photos to prove it. So those will be up at some point. Awesome. Uh, that's pretty cool stuff. And what's also happening with Gamepad? Because I know that should be coming up any second now. Yeah, well, however many seconds are in six days. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've got Gamepad coming up um, on Saturday, June 22nd. Um, we're going to be doing our summer event at the Redmond Community Center in Hackney. Um, so actually we've also got a second gamepad like activity because we're going to be having a booth at Hyper Japan where we're going to be running some gaming activities. So to give a bit more detail, we're going to be doing a, a bunch of different games tournaments for different ages um, across the three days of Hyper Japan. So we're going to have that games list out hopefully this week. And I think Hyper Japan will be sort of pushing that out. Uh, as well but um that's in july uh but for gamepad coming up this month we're also going to be working with um annabelle and melanin gamers who are going to be doing uh their own tournament and gaming activities at the event so I don't know, annabelle do you want to tell us a bit more about what you've got planned okay sure thing we're going to be putting on um a naruto um playstation tournament for people that it's not like um, a very serious tournament. I've got actually a few emails about that saying, oh, well, how good will I have to be? And I'm like, you don't have oh, to be right. that great. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the word tournament, I think, scares people and they think it's going to be some pro players who are just going to come and terrorize them. And I was like, no, it's just going to, it's a chilled time and everything is just very calm. Yeah, it's and all in good spirit. Mm. Yeah. Except My for Smash Bros. Is. That's a different <laughs> And then you're in a demon demon yeah. comes out. <laughs> no, everything is just um it's just like it's a tournament. I but I don't like to use that word now because it's it kind of scares people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like it's just and um we're gonna be giving out some Maryland Gamers goodie bags as well. And because uh this is a separate thing, it's it took us our Wednesday we're doing like a huge cake sale, so we will have some cakes and cupcakes from then which I was going to bring over to the event to, I don't know, give out to, I don't know, people. Not the not the winners, not just the winners, but... The, the losers. No, the, lose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the losers are going to get... No, not the... Soften the, the blow. The sports men and women, the, 
the sportsmen and women of the day, I think, should get um, some cupcakes and cakes that we will be making because we're making like 300. So, oh, yeah. oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's a, like a huge production. Um, but yeah, that's a separate thing. Oh, but wow. I would really glad that we're part of the My Matter Gamepad event because it sounds like it sounds really amazing. Cool. Well, we're glad yeah, to have you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, now that we know that you'll be <laughs> contributing so many cakes to the cause. I mean, I yeah. talk about dedication, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. If I didn't have to be there. I'd be there anyway. <laughs> it's, it's funny though, isn't it? Because like Gamepad, for those who like have been following us, they know this. But for those that don't know. Like, since the beginning, we've always had done this thing with, like, treats and cakes, cupcakes and whatnot. So I'm surprised it's not called Games and Cakes, to be honest. <laughs> games but... and Cakes, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, like, actually. yeah, so we're actually now going to move into the guest segment and we'll find out a little bit more about uh, Shay and what Annabelle does uh, individually. I'll start off with Shay. Can you just give us an overview, uh, a little bit more information about Level Up, Link Up, and you know your upcoming plans and what's going on on your side? Yeah, totally. So I started in the games industry, like working in the games industry just over a year ago. And the first thing I noticed is that there is a distinct lack of diversity. And I know that's like a hot button issue at the moment because, you know, people are trying to cash in on it or people recognize that it's an issue and that's amazing. But it's really bad in the games industry. Um, I think when the numbers were last looked at, I think it was like 4% of BAME people are working in the games industry and the percentage for black people specifically was like even lower than that, obviously. So... I was like, I have to do something like I have to. I can't just kind of sit on my hands. Um, So it's a sort of not bi-monthly because that's twice a month, but every two months um, we sort of meet up and I'll have a panelist, um, like an unsung black hero working in the games industry, um, whether they're like a year into their career or, you know, several years. And basically just highlight them because I think for people, for black people who want to get into the games industry, it can kind of be quite intimidating and Mm. you can start to think that there's nobody in the industry that looks like you, but that's not true. We are here, few and far between, but we are here. So I guess it's to sort of inspire the next wave of talent and then also, you know, let people know that we are here and kind of highlight their work because, you know, some of these people are incredibly talented um and i think in terms of like our next step so we're planning to have an event next month and also a game jam uh, which you're not familiar if you're not familiar with is uh, essentially people will get together be it programmers like sound designers narrative designers will get together and make a game well that is the hope anyway or at least put like steps and make what is the skeleton of a game if not the final <laughs> finished product so yeah that's also what we're planning as well and how do you find the people that you get to do the talks? Because it sounds like that might be quite a task if there's not that many people out there in the first place. Um, yeah. It no, it's not. Um, it sounds really weird. I think I just, like, one day looked on Twitter. I would just, like, look through people's, like, following lists. That sounds really creepy and stalkery. But, 
it did work because <laughs> I found a couple of people like um, there's Zai Peters uh, from Sheffield who is a level designer on Hitman. So if you I don't know if you've played that, uh, so Hitman No Subtitles, I like to call it. It's the most recent um, reboot in the series. And then they came out with a sequel, I want to say, late last year. Uh, so yeah, 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 designed a whole bunch of levels on that game. Um, there's like Elisha Brownton, who is a PR assistant or PR manager, sorry, at Substance Global. And, you know, she's worked on, a, you know, loads of huge game releases. And it's like people don't know that these people exist but we are here you know not even just like in one discipline like we're in so many different disciplines and that talent really deserves to be kind of showcased uh, like the uk community manager uh, for square enix is mike uh, who is black and a lot of people are like what i had no idea and yeah i guess like i said just being a creepy stalker is how i found them <laughs> <laughs> there's a lesson in there somewhere 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 if somebody can take a lesson from it then i've done my job <laughs> you know there are those who focus on the means and then there are those who just want to get the job done there you go there it is i think it's a great cause and like that it, I, hopefully that this will kind of encourage a few people listening as well like you know to find out more and um i think you kind of said already like how people can find you but but if they do want to connect with the next meetup how can they find out more follow up with you um so you can get in touch with my handle um on twitter which is at moods so m-o-o-d-s underscore jpeg so j-p-g um i was like have i spelled this properly yes i have and then the twitter as well so at level up link up like that across all social media that's like the easiest and best way i guess to keep up to date with when exactly the next events are going to be cool awesome man is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know or well uh, if i can you know shameless plug for a second (laughs) um if you're into cars or like racing or anything i am the new presenter for the mclaren shadow project uh, kind of magazine show called Shadowcast uh, that just went live on Friday. Um, and yeah, it's basically like a sort of monthly magazine show to the run-up of the McLaren Shadow Project, which is essentially half a million racing sim drivers from across the world competing in a huge competition. And we're basically like following everyone's journey on it. It's really, really cool, really, really ambitious. And like to see such a big company like mclaren you know enter the gaming and esports space is incredible and you know i think it does not that gaming really needs it but it does really legitimize gaming as this full-on force to be reckoned with so yeah Mm. yeah that that is pretty awesome i had no idea you had like something like that happening thank you yeah yeah no it all happened like really really fast and yeah it's great really 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 exciting Cool. Well, thanks so much. And I think at this point, we're going to also find out what's happening with Annabelle and Menelin Games, or Gamers, to be. Yes, Gamers. (laughs) I mean, Um, I don't know, do you have like a studio as well? Studio. Yeah. Meddling games. Meddling games. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, 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 that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> That's a new venture though. Yeah, I know. We just like brainstorm with business ideas right now. <laughs> okay, so we don't have a studio. 
per se, but I can't talk about projects that that are just still up in the air right now. But what it is concrete is wait, we're going to be at Gamepad. I just said that next week, and um, I suppose I have to say the actual date, isn't it? Because when is uh, on the twenty second? Yeah, twenty second. We're going to push that in the show notes as well, so people will know. And we're also doing um, an event at Platform. It's a gaming lounge um, near Old Street Station uh, on the 29th of June. So we're doing that as well. Um, and we're doing we're putting on four tournaments again. The word tournament. It's but it's just sort of casual so that people could get to know some of the meddling gamers. People can come and game because obviously meddling gamers we are pushing for diversity, but we are also a gaming community and we like to you know game with each other and. This is a chance for people to see each other in real life, which is what a lot of people have asked for, but trying to organise it was a bit difficult. So it's going to be on the 29th. We'll be doing Mortal Kombat, um, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, and also FIFA 19. So just those four tournaments that we will be putting on all day. There will be an opportunity for people to play different games as well, but those are the main games for the tournament. And there will be prizes for the winners and the four people i can't say sports men anymore so someone said someone said to me the other day it's on pc so sports women and oh. men sports people person sports pe- yeah that works that works sports, yeah. people sports people of the day um so that's what we're doing right now and we're also bringing out merchandise but again that's the designer is is like um has a, a vision so i can't talk about that either because you know he, he's a he needs time to like think up lots of stuff, but um, yeah, lots so of stuff working. cooking from the sounds of it. <laughs> That's <laughs> lots me, of non disclosures, <laughs> non disclosures. <laughs> I can't talk about this or that or the other, but um, and yeah, so we've got like some things that are in the works right now, which will be coming out very shortly. So we'll talk about that then. It'll be all, it's all over our socials anyway. But in saying that, Melanin Gamers is working with Imperial um, for, to, for the bake sale, and that's on Wednesday. The 19th is World Sickle Cell Day, and we're working at Imperial, and we're selling all of those cakes at Hammersmith Hospital. Uh, oh, that's so amazing. That's, yeah, that's why, um, that's why we're making so many cakes, because it's World Sickle Cell Day, and we've like partnered with Imperial with the Blood Fund. So if you go to the Blood Fund, you'll see us there. We'll be, um, we'll be at Hammersmith Hospital um, selling those cakes for... Um, to raise awareness and money for Sixer, um okay. So yeah. That is really cool stuff. Very cool stuff. And I got a couple of questions. So like, um, okay. how exactly did it start? Was it a number of you? Was it just you or, or um, what well, was the story? The story is a um, multifaceted story I think it started actually several years ago was when I had first had the idea for um people of color kind of gaming and things like that but um it was put on the back burner for different reasons and then I sort of started it up again when um I I suppose it was just people complaining around me I'm like we're always complaining that there's not enough diversity but that's all we ever do is complain and my friends and I is what I mean and I thought maybe I should do something about it really do something about it this time so I thought up Merlin Gamers and I thought how can I you know just try to change this this industry that I really love but it's getting it's becoming a place where I don't feel comfortable and I don't think represents me enough so 
I thought, let's do men in games. Let's, you know, try and just get our word out there. And it's, I do it with my siblings and my friends as well. My friend is the illustrator who, you know, the diva. Um, he designed our logo and some of our. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a diva if he didn't do this. He's going to kill me. But, um, Too late. It's already, it's it's already out there. It's on record. Oh, no. It's on record. Edit that. I'm we, joking. We do um, edit this show at all. <laughs> He designed our logo and everyone loves it and or some of the other images on our um that are to do with Melanin Gamers. So they all are really it's amazing the support that we received. It's actually a little bit overwhelming that people are like, Oh, we really need this, we really need this. I'm just like So that's what, what keeps us motivated, I think. I, I'm doing a lot of the stuff because it's sort of my brainchild, but the more people who want to get involved, I completely like I'm just like, Yes, thank you you can get involved and I just don't know how to like utilize them but they're just like I really want to be involved in Melanie Gamers and I've had I've had a lot of people saying that and it's just trying to utilize what they actually want to do to get Melanie Gamers and what we want mm-hmm. to achieve we obviously all know what we want to achieve more people of color but that's just like a broad statement you know so just narrowing our focus basically sounds really great yeah I feel like maybe the, what you could do there is even just like create like a really powerful street team that are just kind of promoting like ambassadors you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah a good idea. that's like a nice easy way to get people started and then as you go maybe see if there's any specific things that the ambassadors can do beyond just telling their friends wearing a badge or something i like the idea of ambassadors it's all good yeah yeah that just work man Hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I guess uh, if, if from this point, if anyone wants to connect with you, you've got a website, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, we've got everything. Um, Melanin Gamers. Just type Melanin Gamers. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and a website. So, any way you want to find Melanin Gamers. <laughs> And we have a Steam account as well. Oh my god, the SEO. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) If you want a game with Melanie Gamers, um, that's how we we did the tournament Smash. We did another tournament and gave out a game. So it's just like, just just, um, type in Melanie Melanie Gamers as one word and literally any social that you're on, you'll find us or a website or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is there. Thanks so much, Annabelle. And um, now we're going to actually move on to another part of the show where we discuss a film. And this time it is X-Men Dark Phoenix. So away we go. Cue the music. Okay, so we are going to talk about E3, by the way. So for those of you that are kind of tuning in for that, that's coming up in a little bit. But first, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about Dark Phoenix. And this will be a no-spoiler discussion. So if you haven't seen the film yet, I'm one of those people, then do not worry. We're not going to spoil anything. We won't tell you how everyone dies at the end or anything like that. (laughs) I am kidding. I'm kidding. I haven't seen the film. I don't know what happens. But if by any chance that is what happens at the end, I'm really sorry. imagine that would be so I hope not I'd be well upset okay so just just to uh, kind of clear up a few things who here has seen it so 
Shay, have you seen the film? I have not, unfortunately. Annabelle? I have. My hand is up, but obviously that's pointless for I saw it. <laughs> my hand is up. My hand is up too, if you can see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw it last night, actually. Also, it's fresh in your mind. Nice. Yeah. It's very yeah. fresh. What was, your, what was your impression? Well, I... This is going to be a biased opinion, whatever I say, because X-Men is something that I absolutely love. Mm. The X-Men, so I'm just... Anything that's X-Men, I'm already there kind of thing. It's, the fact that I saw it yesterday is very late for me and rare because um, there's just so much stuff happening. But I thought... I. I like the film, but I just thought that it was, um, I would say unne- not unnecessary, but just when, for example, X-Men, I wouldn't say it's a trilogy now because there's what, four films, so, and they tied in with the older cast, so I don't know if it tied, you, with the way Endgame ended, it tied the MCU, everything was perfect, you know, the old characters, everything just like came to a close beautifully. Dark Phoenix, it, I feel like it could have been filmed too, basically, or something. In the way that they've done this series of X-Men, they should have made maybe made that film film too, and then, I don't know, just, it didn't, where it sat like in the it, X-Men, it didn't, it didn't feel fit. like a close. It didn't feel like a close, no. Oh, okay. Like a close film for me, where it's just like, oh, okay. And then, oh my God, I was just about to say, spoiler. <laughs> 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 But it didn't feel like the end of a series. And I think that was supposed to be the end of the series, unless it's not. But, yeah, um, well, it's, I guess it's the end of Fox's run yeah, um, so, at the X-Men franchise. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was their kind of season closer. It um, definitely didn't feel like that at all. It felt oh, like... Okay. I'm concerned now, because yeah. I get the impression this was Fox saying, hmm, you know what, everyone's cashing in on this uh, Marvel train. Uh, let's just make one more film. Why not? You know, they'll they'll probably watch it because Endgame will have just finished, and here's another film. Is, yeah. is am I onto something? Or well, I think the um, because there's a lot behind the scenes around this film. Like I think it was supposed to come out earlier than it did, um, and obviously while it was in production, uh, Disney sort of reached out and grabbed their stuff um, and got back. <laughs> You know, all of I think 20th Century Fox so got X Men. They got um, was Fantastic Four, and I think that impacted on the production. And then also, um, without getting into specifics, they had to do a lot of reshooting towards the end to avoid being very similar to another Marvel (sighs) uh, Marvel film. So I think that um, yeah contributed to like the I don't know kind of the underwhelming. Of it. But that least, blows that's, that's my mind. That genuinely blows my mind. Like, how do you end up with a script that is like identical to something else? Like, clearly, like the creative know, process right. that tells you everything you need to know about the creative process, which is just at this point not good enough because I think the audiences are a lot smarter sometimes than we kind of give them credit for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think they maybe it's a bit of what like lazy lazy writing and in terms mm. of ending up where they initially ended up um but yeah so i mean i i watched it a week ago um i was uh, I, I guess underwhelmed i'm gonna run with that i felt 
um, I just felt that it could have been more than a few things that I was annoyed at from like a, a storytelling perspective. One of the main things is just uh, Jean Grey in this being quite a um, like reactive uh, protagonist, uh, mm-hmm. which is sort of one of the sort of no-nos of storytelling. You want your um, protagonist to be sort of actively achieving something. It felt a lot that like she was reacting all the time. Mm. Um, and then just in terms of the, I think this whole X-Men run in terms of like the new, from the, you know, the new class of, of X-Men has been a bit hit and miss for me um, for various reasons. But, Be careful what you yeah. say next, sir. I know, I know. I'm going to um, <laughs> tread, tread lightly. Um, but I'd say what I felt is that for this film taking on sort of one of the you know biggest sagas in the comics it felt quite small um mm. and that was a weird mm-hmm. thing for me so um yeah it's kind of disappointed overall um i will say just disclaim i um so i haven't read the dark phoenix comic saga however i am a fan of x-men i did watch a lot of the 90s uh cartoons so yeah. i was i was willing this to be good I just couldn't get there. Yeah. I too watched a lot of the nineties cartoon and same. Mm. Yeah. It... The nineties like X-Men, like gate like fighting games as well. That was where I lived. Like such uh, a huge fan. And so yeah, seeing the direction that the recent films have taken has been disappointing to say the least. I get the impression they did not watch. The <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, if they had, they would have known better. Oh, God. That worries me. I almost want to just move on to E3. I, I keep yeah, you up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know what? One thing I was thinking as you were talking is, you know what? I think I will watch this because I reckon I'll get my money's worth watching YouTubers completely destroy the film. Because they normally do a good job of giving me a nice laugh. That is true. There have been a few. I've watched a couple. Any you'd recommend? Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to uh, <laughs> go through my YouTube history, and I'll get those. I'll get those to you. Yeah, add those to the comments if you do get them. Yeah. Um, on SoundCloud or whichever platforms they're on, and or the show notes, who knows? Because I reckon that that would be a good one for people to check out. I remember checking out um, a, a similar treatise of uh, which one was it? The uh, Last Jedi. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah. I was in That's tears. <laughs> I was in tears with laughter. It was so hilarious. Um, and, and I will say this. Actually, no, I won't say this. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. Nothing. We'll just move on. Yeah. <laughs> Is it time to talk about E3 now? <laughs> yeah. Time to talk about E3. I'm, I'm so excited because um, I have to be. It's kind of my job as host. Um, but all right. Let's move on to the E3 discussion. Um, for those of you that know, I no longer play video games anymore. <laughs> If we could get like a sound effect of someone crying or something like that, or a violin, um, that'd be... can we know why? <laughs> oh yeah, goodness, that's, that's yeah. a long story. It's a long story. I think I think this is going to have to be one of those ones where uh, we drag it out for several episodes until okay. someone cries me. <laughs> but let's just say something happened, and then I, I decided that enough was enough. Okay. Um, we can do yeah. a reunion show, and then we'll find okay. out. We'll get to the bottom yeah. of this. I don't know. To be fair, I still play a few small games on my phone, but obviously, you know that's not the same. So, (laughs) Um, well, (laughs) there's a lot of really good like mobile games. I'll send you a list of recommendations. 
Yeah, but then they're like they're like kind of you know five Cali. minute plays. You know what I mean? Mm. Like time wasters type things. So yeah. I don't really classify them in the same way. I think the closest I got was Crazy Taxi because let's face it, nice. like yeah. I couldn't resist but uh, beyond that <laughs> beyond that I, I really don't touch games much but um that said be, you know for the culture I I did check out the E3 highlights and um yeah I'm just going to open it up I, I I don't think I'm in the best place to talk about it too much I'm going to add my comments but Nigel please get, please take this this conversation <laughs> forward, you know take it away take it away yeah sure um I mean so I try to catch up on as much of E3 as I could, um, sort of aiming to be there. Has anyone been to E3 just before? No. Okay. No, this was supposed to be the year I went, and I obviously didn't go. I'm hoping, I'm gunning for next year, though. 100%. Yeah, me too. I've, I've got that in my calendar. I'm looking at the list of criteria they need um, yeah. and all that stuff. So we'll see. So, yeah, this year I was uh, watching from afar, uh, as I do. And okay. you know, so my impressions were like two for me two major themes came up um one it felt like a lot of people were waiting for the next generation and mm-hmm. this felt like a uh a waiting e3 yeah yeah percent. Um, yeah. yeah uh and then also that streaming seems to be um yeah. where people are finally ready for that because well, I mean, we, I know we had the on-live uh, system uh, mm. a few years back that sort of um, came and went very quickly. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, the infamous sort of Microsoft press conference where they introduced their always-online Xbox and received yeah. a backlash <laughs> like no other <laughs> that pretty much they never recovered from in this generation. Uh, so it was interesting to see uh, a lot more streaming. Obviously, um, Google were in there with their console as well and it just seems that people are sort of more willing to accept that as we go into the next generation so yeah my those are my impressions just as a, at a high level and then i know we're going to get into games in a bit but yeah uh, what did you guys think do you want to go first annabelle um okay sure i well i'm i was blown away by the amount of games and the I'm someone who just loves creativity and I'm also talking about the indie games that were there and I thought it's amazing what people can imagine. So mm. I, there were some games that were, I thought, oh, we haven't seen enough. I need gameplay because, um, because, um, because I feel like I don't want to be bamboozled. Like I was tricked with Anthem, you know. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Still hurts. Oh my god, it does. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not someone who pre-orders games, so I just thought, oh, that looks amazing. And then suddenly I was already there with the pre-order. So now we're, it was a lot. It was very trailer-heavy this E3, you know. A lot yeah. of cinematic trailers. A lot yeah. of cinematic that. trailers. And that was just like, hmm. I I want to see the actual gameplay though. You know, I mean, the cinematic trailer for the Anthem was amazing. Gameplay. Um, actual so game much. oh my goodness so <laughs> i do own anthems i'll just put that out there so i can say as much as i want to but <laughs> <laughs> that's true you paid I, your money you can like, say what you like. um that's so how I just think, works thank you i think we need to see some actual gameplay before but in regards to the actual games coming out i am hopeful 
um, that, you know, we're going to see some really good gaming. And I did say that it's going to be a poor year next year because all my money's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. These games. So, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah no i i totally agree i think i think it was a solid uh year for e3 it very much felt like the intermittent year between you know last year and you know the inevitable announcement of the new consoles next year not even yeah. just obviously um sony and microsoft but also it's very much been rumored that there's a new switch console coming like the switch 2 um so i think obviously that might be next year might be the time where we sort of hear more about it, if not have some form of release. Um, people were saying that's a Switch 2 or like just a new version of the existing Switch? Because I thought it was a new version of the existing. Or I don't you know. I've seen, I've seen people both. people different things than more people? <laughs> I've seen both. So I'm okay. like, I mean, it d- definitely feels a bit soon to get a whole new console, but I know yeah. that there are, low, there are a lot of improvements that can be made upon it. So yeah. who knows? Um yeah, so I I did think it was solid in that sense. And I think um, what was interesting is, you know, obviously from like the Ubisoft uh, conference, we sort of saw, um, I won't get into it too much because I know we're going to be discussing uh, Stadia later. But um, yeah, just sort of seeing gaming and uh, TV kind of meld together. I thought that was quite interesting. And like you said, kind of moving into this kind of streaming um advent of gaming which i don't really like i'm actually very very critical of um as i said i know we're going to be discussing it later so i will leave you with that for now (laughs) yeah i'm quite thinking Mm. about it as for me um my overall impressions well yeah i was kind of (laughs) like Okay. Was, that it? was that the impression? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. There was maybe one or two games that kind of got me thinking. Oh, that was kind of interesting. I won't say what they are because we're going to talk about them. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, you know, the the big question is: Is there anything that can pull me back in Godfather style? And I don't think there was. If I'm being honest, um, you know, somewhere I, I, there's like a gaming executive saying, "Damn, we got we missed out on that for another year." Yeah. I know. <laughs> because what what people don't know is all right we really need to kind of set a bit of a scene i was a big gamer like i was to lose you yeah i witnessed this as well (laughs) i had people come around my house all the time i don't even know who they are everyone (laughs) would just come in and we you know just play games blah 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 anyway so so now it's kind of like i kind of looking from afar and i'm like okay is there anything that can excite me? Let me let me just say this, my friends. Um, E3 used to be an event that literally would just change lives. You know, um, <laughs> I felt that way anyway. Back in the day, people would just go wild over like announcements and the keynote speeches. And um, I get, I kind of guess this moves into our next sort of topic within E3. Um, this year, we didn't have Sony. Um, well nintendo no longer really do a keynote they now kind of do the direct Mm. and i for me for someone that used to be heavily involved and kind of left and then saw some of the changes over the years the excitement's just not there for me in the way it used to be yeah there are some really good like games coming for sure um but i think yeah it's (laughs) it's not quite the same um and i chuckle because of just some of the (laughs) 
the laughable keynotes I won't name names <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah the internet just just goes just goes crazy with some of these videos just making fun they're, they're hilarious I can't deny it mm. but but yeah so uh, mm, yeah it's not quite quite what it used to be the magic is not quite there for me but well, I think like on the point of like Sony skipping this year when I first heard that news I I was a bit baffled um, because for me they had a really good showing at the last E3 and mm. I would have expected them to want to come in and sort of build on that but having seen what's happening or what happened at, at this year's event and like I said people seem to be sort of waiting for the next gen uh, I think it actually might have been a, a smart thing for Sony to just take a, a backward step I think it was a really smart move for them yeah. to do that because I, to be fair, I think they had a really good conference last year, but apparently that opinion is in the minority. Um, oh, a lot really? of people were like, oh, well, Xbox One, flipping console walls, they both did the same thing, <laughs> essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I just think in terms of like games that I'm interested in and games that are like different and aren't just like, you know, Gears 5 and Halo Infinite, like for me, the, the Sony conference was a lot better last year. But I think it, it definitely seems like, okay, the two big titles that they're working on aren't ready yet. Or not even that they aren't ready yet. That's probably what they have to show outside of, like, the new console. So it makes sense that they kind of wanted to take some time to reevaluate and kind of say, all right, we're not ready to showcase this or we don't have enough to showcase this let's just take a step back. I think that was a really, really smart move. And, you know, yeah. if, you know, if Xbox had done that like a couple of years ago, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember like seeing a car on stage. I was like, you're literally not seeing anything new. Like what, yeah. what why am I wasting my time? Why am I up until like 2 a.m. watching this? You know, <laughs> I think, I think that shows more intelligence than just kind of showing, oh, here's a bunch of stuff that you've seen before. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, and they've got their own, kind of nintendo direct like events now i don't know yes. if they're the the state of play events i don't know if they're gonna keep doing that they didn't have one during e3 though did they or, no um, okay so they yeah they just took a step back and yeah. to be fair i mean a lot of the games that microsoft showed um and were shown around at other press conferences will be on playstation yes this generation or next so in a way it's not like they weren't there and um obviously we had things like Death Stranding uh, being an announced and showcased uh, more gameplay before uh, yeah. E3. So they weren't invisible. So again, it just goes to them being yeah, maybe a stroke of genius, just stepping back and letting others talk about the games that are still going to be on their, on their console. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, um, where Sony weren't there, we had a new competitor i guess is that the right word sort of uh, comes a new challenger yeah there you go new challenger <laughs> in the in the console wars with um yeah with google and their stadia connect i mean what did you what do you all think of that mm. i feel like i'm oh, i'm in surprise about it um sorry what were you gonna say yeah no go ahead yeah i'm in two minds about it do i want i like competition i think it's good i think it's healthy i don't like um sort of Rockefeller type behavior where they just buy up everything and then there's only technically there's there's PlayStation, there's Xbox, there's there's not that many if you think about it. So mm. everyone's like, oh no, no, we don't need another book. We maybe we do, you know? Having another challenger yeah. will make people 
wait, oh, hold on, wait, we have to step up our game kind of thing. Yeah, and you kind of saw that when Nintendo brought out the Wii, where, you know, it was ridiculed at first, but then mm-hmm. you quickly see Sony and Microsoft bringing out sort of similar devices. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, exactly. ne- neither was it as successful, but it did make the others sort of stand up yeah. and take notice and change rather than just offer the same, the same um, after, thing. yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think the other companies should be scared of Google at this point? No. And why do you say that? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. So I see, and like, if you want to tell me to shut up, please do. Um, because I have a lot of opinions on this. I don't see um Google Stadia, Stadia. I mean, the fact that I can't even say it right tells you a lot about how I feel. Stadia um, Stadia. Like Let's go with that. Yeah, okay. I'll sound posher then. Yeah, I, I don't really see it as a console. I see it more so as what gaming looks to be moving into, which is games as a service. Like we went from having you know, games on a cartridge to then, like, games on a disc. And now, pretty much, like, a lot of people sort of download games and then you have games that are entirely online. I think a good example of this is, you know, Xbox releasing the console that has no disc drive. So, you know, it is literally just a conduit for you to, you know, download games onto. And, like, games like Fortnite and now Apex and, you know, there are countless others games are becoming like this ongoing service that um, are updated every so often and, you know, have tons of resources poured into. And I think the Google Stadia is an example of that. I don't necessarily see it rivaling the, you know, the big three consoles because it doesn't do anything extra. I think all it does is for people who don't necessarily have consoles but would like to get into gaming, I think the Google Stadia becomes a conduit for that. I didn't see anything in there that I was like, I really need to get my hands on that. It was very much like, okay, I've got all these games anyway, or I can get all of these games. It's not really providing anything new. Um, I also think that because it's all online, if your internet can't handle that, which a lot of people's internet isn't that great, I think that shuts a lot of people out. And that's what I find really worrying. Yeah. I think with the disc. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you know, that that was a problem they faced. And obviously they, like you said, got a ton of backlash for it. Mm. Um, and I just think there are services that kind of do this but better, like Xbox Game Pass, which is something they pushed a lot, obviously, at the conference. But it's something that a lot of people don't know about, weirdly enough. But it actually is a cracking service. Like, you sort of pay a monthly fee and you get to download these games onto your console and a lot of them are like old school games that you probably haven't thought about in ages like banjo kazooie you know and like really really great titles like uh street fighter 4 is on there which is a great game um but i haven't thought about in such a long time to seeing on there i was like yeah i'm gonna go fire this up so i think that's what we need more than anything else there's no real archival system for games like there is for music film and tv that's what we need more than like I don't know, streaming new games, because then if a game is a Google Stadia exclusive, then I'm shut out from that because my internet isn't good enough. So yeah, it sounds and... like... We're... Oh, sorry, go on, Nigel. Oh, no, I was just going to just jump on a point about the subscription, because mm. I think when this was first announced, the impression I got was this is Netflix for games, but yes. it's, it's not no. quite that. Mm-mm. Oh, because I was literally about to say that. Okay, so, there so you go. In what way is it different? Um, um, oh yeah, do you want to? No, 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 that? you go for it. Oh no, I'm still um, like thinking about 
sort of how it's going to uh, how it's going to impact things. But yeah, what way is it different? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see it being the Netflix of gaming because if you think about Netflix as a model, you know, obviously you pay a monthly fee. You've got like all of these films. Some of them are Netflix exclusives, um, and then for the most part, you can go and see some of them in the in the cinema at the same time. Not always. With Google Stadia, is literally like your the service is like all online. You can start playing straight away. Um, but I don't, in terms of its catalog, we haven't really seen what the scope is. I mm. think I will, what I will say is that the price point is really good. That's a really attractive part of it. But I don't know. Am I being really naive? Am I missing the Netflix connection? Well, I mean, I think you say like the price, I think that, yeah. that will matter to people. But yeah. It's um, yeah, it could almost be like a, a gateway. Yeah, exactly. And people who even don't consider themselves as gamers, it could be a, a nice entry point that gets them into yeah. gaming, and maybe they they graduate to uh, something else. And I mean, what Google have is is money and mm. and relative <laughs> patience, and that kind of. I feel even if, like we mentioned. Um, sort of earlier efforts at streaming. Um, if you look at like a big picture thing, this does seem to be a more solid f- footing into streaming games. And th- we still have the point of, you know, not 100% of people are, or, you know, have the re- required connection, but I guess it's it's more than it was five years ago. Um, and I, I feel the convenience of this and the price sort of might be a slight tipping point eventually yeah yes yeah Yeah, I mean for me I'm still I don't know if this is just habit I I still like the idea of uh, of my box that has a lot of power and uh uh, and games that are you know exclusively for that uh platform so they can sort of take the time to develop it for that Mm -hmm. system um Mm -hmm. but I I get the the benefits of the streaming service um, when it comes to gaming and making it more uh, accessible to those and yeah so i'm i'm intrigued um i'm not like as we stand now as of what are we uh june 16th um mm-hmm. i'm not rushing out to to get one but I'm, I'm interested to see how they can sort of carve out a niche for themselves in this industry mm-hmm. do you want to know something guys <laughs> <laughs> this, this is something i'm actually kind of interested in oh and okay. I'll tell, let there me we tell go. you why because okay. it's so easy to jump in. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers and it's like eight ninety nine and free. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's available on like loads of different devices as well. So I totally, oh, yeah, cool. I see it in that sense. But okay. so I think might have just found the thing that pulls out yeah, maybe that's what brings you back. It's that's low. Incredible. It's low risk. That's why. Because yeah. I, if I change my mind, if I say, oh, actually, this is not for me, I've, what have I lost? Like mm. ten quid. Okay. And they've partnered with Ubisoft as well, so that's another thing that yeah. Google, Google have the money; they can sort of corner, you know, some it of the does, big. Mm. They they have partnered with Ubisoft, yeah. So I feel like because of that, I that's why I'm in two minds. I feel like they have the money to do what, you know, we can they can experiment where, mm. where others yeah. can't. That's it, exactly. They can afford to experiment, make changes, and yeah. still be in a good position. Yeah. Yeah. And experimentation is a good thing. I just, I'm quite cynical because 
it's almost and here here we go with the tin foil hat theory but <laughs> i just think like we're losing ownership of so many different things like i don't own my music library anymore because everything's on spotify if i stop yeah. paying my spotify membership then i lose that same with netflix say if like google stadia was my only means of playing games i don't own those games anymore owning a library of media is really important to me and i think that's what's quite worrying is that I think at the end of E3, it was, I think maybe Square Enix said, you know, they were considering a subscription model. And that's, I don't like that. Like, no, I don't think everything has to be a subscription model. Like, yeah, you know, I'm games, totally with you on that. Yeah, actually. yeah no, I, I really don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I don't like it's that a worry. Either. But I think that um, because, well, uh, you should see my DVD collection, which is mm-hmm. what I have to say. It looks like blockbusters in here, but then look what happened to blockbusters. <laughs> look how yeah. that went. Yeah. <laughs> so I think new generation people like things really quickly. They don't yeah. want to go out to the store and get the disc and all of that yeah. stuff. I don't know what that's going to take, but it's not just clicking a button. It's there immediately. It's downloading already. Yeah. And people like, it's like really fast, fast, fast. So that's and why. So, the- yeah. Yeah. I think what you're hearing is a bunch of people uh, being dragged, kicking and screaming into the future. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of a summary. We don't want to go. I'm happy here. But we'll, like <laughs> we'll kind of, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But then in terms of like the, the games themselves, was there any, any standouts, um, anything you're, you know, might have changed your mind, not, mind on sort of for good or for, for bad? I know I've got a few um yeah what stood out to you like game wise um there were two titles for me that i was like i need this right this minute <laughs> um spirit and 12 minutes they were really uh, yeah. really really yeah. cool titles um because um the people that are making or at least publishing 12 minutes i never say their name properly but it's Annapurna Interactive, I think that's the name. Basically, they published Florence, which is a cracking mobile game. Um, if you haven't played it, please go and play it. Florence is incredible. And yeah, so they're making that. So as soon as I saw the name attached, I was like, yeah, put this in my veins. I want it right now. Um, <laughs> and then I think everything else was stuff that we'd already seen. I think Beyond Good and Evil wasn't at E3 this year. So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Animal Crossing, I was like, ah, give it. Like... It's about time. Um, and I think I think cyberpunk as well. Even for all the controversy that's getting at the moment, I still I'm very much interested in playing that still. Yeah. Oh, what's the controversy? Oh, oh I, um, I missed this. Well, prior to um, E3, it was a couple of months ago. I think CD Projekt Red's Twitter account posted like a transphobic tweet. They were kind of like it was like a supposedly tongue-in-cheek joke. Oh. Um, kind of basically mocking trans people and it, it wasn't oh. cute at all right. and um, okay. yeah 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 so people already had that in their minds and then um, during the no it wasn't even during the conference after the conference some art was available and it's like a poster selling a drink like in the game and I think the person in the poster is trans and I don't want to get inappropriate because obviously I assume that this podcast has an age rating, but you know, it shows the trans woman like visibly erect and everyone was just like, holy hell, what the heck is happening? And yeah, it kind of went from there and, you know, they got dragged up and down. They, the artist had an interview and 
didn't look too good it was yeah it was a whole thing and okay yeah people yeah. are like rightfully cautious but i am yeah. still interested in playing it just for like review sake and such yeah i mean i guess uh for me i'm a big fan of uh the deus ex game and mm-hmm. like the original on the pc which is yes. one of my favorite games uh mm. all time and i'm getting a lot of vibes from from that game from yes watching uh, Cyberpunk, um, obviously mm. Keanu Reeves' appearance oh, um, fully tipped nice. a few no, people. you're breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like I've seen that. like anyone get that kind of reaction from, no, uh, from an E3 crowd. Like, yeah. uh, that was great. I mean, that was definitely um, something that I'm going to be looking out for, as well as 12 Minutes, which was an indie title that I, mm. I think I, I probably wasn't paying attention at the time, and I looked over... And just for one, the the view, uh, the perspective of that game, the yeah. top-down perspective, just was like made me stop and like, what is this? And then yeah. just the yeah. idea of playing over the because you play over the same twelve minutes and you're trying to get out of that loop. So I'm immediately interested in yeah. how that can shake die. out. <laughs> oh, what was that? So try not to die. I mean, in the twelve yes. minutes. Yes. Yeah. Always a good goal in in games <laughs> and life. Um, but yeah, so that was that was definitely one of mine. I think for uh something that i kind of went the other way on where i was anticipating um the avengers game from oh yeah because um, pretty much Rock. especially just coming off end game i'm like yeah give me more yeah, uh, in a video game fantastic and then <laughs> and then i and then i saw it um i don't know about anyone else but i i'm now maybe a bit more cautious about yeah. that game not as excited. I mean is yeah, that based I, on the trailer or or was there gameplay footage there's no it, gameplay yeah mm. I, I wasn't sure if there no. was gameplay mix or was that all trailer so I think they said it was uh, the trailer that we saw was based off the in-game engine so that's mm. what the game is going to look like which is at right. least that's good but baby that was rough oh my goodness me that was, that was, yeah. was I don't rough. know I think the Oof. best way I can put it just it just look like a knockoff and that's not, <laughs> that's not a good thing when you're launching your game they've because um i guess they've it, it feels like they've taken some of the look about the mcu without so maybe they didn't have all the exact the the licenses needed to create the exact representation of their actors but they've just gone one step um removed from that so you get yeah. this kind of uncanny, uncanny valley like, <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's just weird and it made me think of um so like the Spider-Man game on on um on PS4, which is a fantastic game if you haven't played it. Go and play Love that. It. But um, you had Pete, you had Peter Parker and they didn't try and make it look like Tom Holland, they just created a new model and that was yeah. fine. There's there's no problem. So I don't understand why they couldn't have done that. Oh my god, here. Because I don't even think everybody looked that bad. I thought Black Widow looked pretty good, actually. It was Thor that looked rough. Yeah, um, and Captain America, and yeah. Iron Man. And, and oh, Bruce dear. Don't <laughs> tell me about everyone. Iron Man. Yeah. I was like, I what's happened what here? <laughs> Is it supposed to be him, but they can't... You know, like... um, Sorry, what, what was it? ISS? I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say, yeah. So you don't have the license, so you have to yes. kind of make it kind of look like the football players, but you know they're not. But when they're that close up and you're supposed to be playing them and you've just seen, you know, uh, 20 odd films of the MCU, you kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it looked really oof. I was like, oh, what's happening here? Because I was actually really looking forward to it because 
I loved, love, love, love. I've been playing Spider-Man PlayStation 2 and I love their games so much. I have it on various platforms, but so I was like, this could be something. And then I saw it and I was like, maybe not. So I'm just going to wait for gameplay again. Again, I have to wait for gameplay because the trailer was a bit not yeah. my taste. I think we're all like just a bit more hesitant of that. We need to see a like, bit more. I was actually excited because I was like, they could actually make a really good game here. But I don't know. Maybe they still are. It just doesn't look as nice as I yeah. want to. <laughs> it's early. It's, it's early enough to it's, yeah. still be optimistic. Yeah. Totally, totally. How about... Um, yeah, is there anything else that stood out uh, game-wise? Um, Deathloop for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Whoa, what, it just caught my attention because obviously, uh, you know, I'm all about people of colour and I just saw it and I was like, oh, what? Oh, my gosh. There's a um, black lead and I was like, I got very excited uh, and two. I like the idea. Of, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. People. But um, <laughs> it looked really good, and I love the idea of time. I've always loved like manipulating time. I love. I like Looper. I don't know if you know the film, but um, yeah, yeah. And it just looked like that. And even when you mentioned Twelve Minutes, I was like, oh, there's another game that's like messing with time as well, which was Deathloop. So that stood out to me as well. And I thought, okay, that's something I'm going to be watching out for. Obviously, I have Watch Dogs One and Two, so. We'll see how. I, I don't know, but there's some games that just have me, and I like the idea of Watchdog. I think the execution could be better, always, but I hope in for this one in London. Yeah, for, lo- for, okay. for Watchdog. Yeah, I mean that looked good to me. I was um, interested in that because you can play multiple. Uh, yeah. I wasn't exactly yeah. sure what the exact scope of that. Because Watchdog too, though. Okay, uh, well, they seem to like put a lot on, on yeah it was a big selling point it's, it's like there's this old woman there's this retired assassin which is an old lady oh yeah helen absolutely... right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she was a star of the show for me that was so funny i was like oh, of course they would do something like this and she's <laughs> british in the way she's just like tasering people I'm like that looks like so much fun yeah, honestly yeah. i really hope that it's as good as it looks cause... yeah it just looks like a really good time. And obviously set in London. I always like it when that happens. I'm like, oh, it's set in London. I just, I live there kind of thing. So I had that same reaction. <laughs> I was like, once I saw, um, like, it was set in London, I started examining, like, the streets. Yep. Say, oh, yeah, yep, I've, same. I've been there. Let me see how accurate this is. Uh, it actually looked pretty accurate. <laughs> it uh, did. They yeah. did a pretty good job, actually. <laughs> right. yeah. But Ubisoft do, do that sort of thing. So those are the games I'm kind of, um, I've, I've had my own in a few games, but obviously Pokemon is, you know, also has me because I, I love Pokemon. I, I, had, I play Pokemon Go, that should tell you the level of commitment that I have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also um, set in London, or technically, is it London or England? England, I, yeah, just kind of okay, okay. Mm. Did yeah. I hear that correctly? Yes, you did. It well, or it's not actually set in England. It's, is it set on a place based on? Yeah. There you go. So we're not okay. getting like Watchdogs level uh, accuracy here. Realism. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's interesting to see like people are coming to London to place their games in, mm. which I'm okay with. Same here. That's pretty cool. 
I've got to say, I, I saw a little bit of the gameplay. Uh, was it Nintendo Treehouse or Clubhouse or whatever they call it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was watching it, and man, I think I, I think maybe there's something wrong with me, but I I was hoping for this particular game that you could actually just control the Pokemon. Um, I've come oh, really? to realize that it's it's turn based, so you know, let it just be what it is. But yeah, that's what I really would have loved. Hmm. You to control okay. the Pokemon. Yeah, like you go into battle mode, and then it's a bit like I don't know. Well, pick your engine, fighting engine. I don't know. Okay. Star Ocean, whatever. Uh, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we're all like intrigued by that. Like I'm trying to like imagine that, like. So you yeah, she like Pokemon. That would be weird. Yeah, yeah. could you then like disobey your trainer's orders? <laughs> and just like do your own thing or turn against your master? I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, <laughs> I suppose it's yeah. There's no real way you can do it because really you are the master that's telling the Pokemon to do a right. certain thing. So how else can it be other than turn based? Mm. Um, in that sense. But then I suppose. Yeah, you can still have a mechanic where you're you're sending the orders and at the same time you get to kind of execute them in a way. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Or a cooperative yeah. mode where someone plays as the Pokemon and someone plays oh, as... That could be quite cute, yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. I like where you're going with this. We should um, Brainstorm, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or brainstorm first and then pitch, and then pitch obviously, yes. to Nintendo. We'll, yeah, we'll work that out. Trademark. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> trademark. Yeah, we 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 on this. Right away. <laughs> <that is>. Yeah. <laughs> we we um, broke it first, right there. <laughs> on story x story. <laughs> I've forgotten the name of that. What's it called? Um, is it cross player? Where where you've got one one person playing one game and another person playing basically a different game, but it's in the same game. Oh. Oh, what crossplay? Is it crossplay? If that's what you mean, I think. I think, uh, yeah, I remember one game, I've forgotten the name of the game, they tried to do this, where it's almost like... Um, like the same game, but you're playing different instances of it. Effectively, it's like, yeah, yeah like, so you're playing like a shop game, you're really an NPC in someone else's like GTA-style game, that kind of thing. Was this, okay, I think I know what you mean, was this on PC? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. the name of the game, though. Me too, but I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, where they try to... It's quite ambitious, to be honest, because, you know, there's a lot, quite a bit of moving parts. But I think that sort of thing could work with a Pokemon game. So, you know, but how, how would you then take orders? I don't know. We're, we're going off the track. Yeah. In any case, <laughs> that, that game did look kind of cool. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This was the game that should have released, like, 15 years ago for me. Um, so Ooh. I'm already upset, basically. <laughs> A tough crowd, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you need to understand, I put in hours, so hey. Yeah. So it's almost like too little, too late. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, we do have uh, Stadia, which is the one thing. From this. <laughs> That's going to pull you back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready, yeah. I'm hopeful. Um, if they so... make a deal with Google, Nintendo and Google, if they did that, oh my goodness, I'm back. I'm so back. <laughs> Okay, well, you heard it here first of how you get that back in again. Yeah. Crossovers, man, those are the one things people love. Where it's just like, crossover. yeah. So there you have it. 
executives <laughs> this is how you get loud back um so what do you guys think about um or just like to wrap up in terms of game or not game of show moment of show or you know the best and worst uh of the show for you any highlights you've got Are we yeah, are we talking like gameplay wise or like as a production. I think it was um, awesome seeing. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't. No, I asked the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it could be anything. So something that stood out uh, for you, whether it was something production wise or a particular game. Um, uh, yeah, we're... I'll do both. Um, so I think um, one of the things was seeing Sarah Bond from Xbox, uh, who was a black woman, just seeing her yep. on the stage. Yeah, and, I was going to mention that too. That was yeah. Amazing. I mean, I think. Again, I'm quite a cynical person, if you could tell. I think we're getting to the point with the diversity conversation that, like, just showing up and, you know, representing can't be it. Like, that can't be enough. But it still was really cool. I was actually in the middle of playing a board game during the Xbox conference, and I actually, like, uh, poured all my pieces on the ground because I wasn't paying attention. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so distracted. There's a black woman on my screen. Um, So that was, like, really, really cool. Um, And... Yeah, so that was wicked. I mean, she could be a Trump voter. I don't know, but yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <It's great laughs> we don't know who she her. is, really. <laughs> exactly, but it was it was still like awesome to see. You know, I'm always going to take my crumbs of representation, like <laughs> wherever I could get them. Yeah. And then okay. I think as well, again, talking about diversity too. Um, so Rani, I can't remember her second name, but um, from Ninja Theory, you know, she's the director of Beating Edge, which is the I think four v four um melee kind of arena game from ninja theory and then also you've got ikumi nakamura from tango softworks uh who has the game ghostwire yeah. tokyo that looks really cool was adorable. Yeah. yeah um that, that's a really cool game and that looks to be anyway um so seeing like two female directors on these titles that mm. are being shown on the main stage at e3 that was pretty that was pretty cool. And like I said, those two titles look like they're going to be pretty interesting because um, Rani at uh, Ninja Theory did the combat for Dev- the Devil May Cry reboot from a couple of years ago, which was yeah. like the combat that was amazing. Um, so yeah, I'd be really interested in seeing what that game looks like. And then also uh, Makumi's game, she you know did a ton of work on The Evil Within, which was great. So yeah, it was really, really exciting. Like I said, those two titles look like they're going to be quite interesting. I think there were... You know, it's not what everyone's talking about, but I think there were quite a few like quirky little titles that are that I'm definitely keeping my eye on, and also I think going to set the stage for what we can expect to see. I don't think that you know your Halos and your Gear Fives and all of that are going to continue to dominate the conversation next year and beyond. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, yourself, Annabelle? Oh, I definitely agree with the representation. I really like seeing it. It was, it's really, I know it's not just, we just don't want to see it. We, there needs to be more, but it is just nice to see it sometimes. And you're just like, oh, thank goodness, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, also with um, the games that were coming out, again, I said the indie games and creativity, and just a few of them that really stood out to me um, that I thought this looks fun or weird which is the same thing um like raw men which is you're like splatoon um, okay. but you're barely dressed as well obviously but <laughs> not in a weird way yeah I mean, that felt like really strange the way it, basically the thing is like tony hawk's splatoon and i don't know okay. but i loved tony hawk's growing up i had it on my what did i have that on I don't even remember what, what platform i had it on but i used to play tony hawk all day long 
Yeah, I played a lot too. Yeah, and Splatoon is like such a colourful game and it's just something that people can um, play together. So there's the sort of things like the indie title that I'm I'm kind of looking forward to and Cat Lady, which is also strange. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. I like my I like things that are a bit weird. I'm just like, why did they do that? And it's just like you just want to get behind the mind that yeah. sort of thought something like that up. And yeah, um you want to see that though. Yeah. So I think with, with me, um, Shay is right with indie games, I think they're getting people want something that's a bit different as well. Don't get me wrong, the the I'm all for the um triple A games. Like I love them, but I do like also something a bit different. I think more people are wanting something a bit different, and it will get. I think it will bring more people into gaming. Mm. You know, not not every day shoot 'em up. Some days just random things like the the total reliable delivery service, which you just you you're delivering things, and it's just that's so strange to me. And I think that that's going to get more people into gaming when they could just like, oh, it's not just shooting; it's also this, it's also that. Mm. I think it's important, you know. Yeah. Um, and okay. it's quite telling that with indie games they have more diverse teams you know so more diverse teams means a better well-rounded game that's unique so yeah cool. um, I will say so I'm going to start with my my worst of the show um, and I'm going to point I'm gonna, this, is, <laughs> this is a particularly personal point but I'm looking at Ubisoft and I'm seeing another year where they have not announced a new Splinter Cell game. And <laughs> so if anyone at Ubisoft um, is, and you know, because sometimes we get Ubisoft people come to Gamepad actually, so I've been meaning to bring this up with them. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if they're directly responsible. I don't care, but we can't have this happen where we have another year without a Splinter Cell game. This was one of my favorite games when the originals came out. And I've been, every year they tease like this could be the year a Splinter Cell game is announced. And every year someone from Ubisoft comes up on that stage and says nothing about Splinter Cell. <laughs> and it needs to stop. It needs to stop right now. So right there, that's the, that's the worst, okay? Just wow. need to get out of my chest. Um, so on posit- more positive, more positive. Oh, actually, you know what else is worse? Is they actually tease some kind of version of Sam Fisher as in some mobile game. Like we don't want to see that. Yeah. We want to see proper yeah. Splinter Cell game. Like just not having it. All right. I feel like me, his time me... has come and gone. Sorry. No, he can still do it. You don't know Sam Fisher. <laughs> he can still do it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm waiting. 2020, Ubisoft, you've been warned. Uh, for good from the show, I will echo the thoughts about indie games and just seeing sort of different types of games and particularly, like say, games where the the way you interact with the world is not to shoot something um and i'm hoping with indie games as we go into you know uh, end of this generation into the next one we just get more games that allow you to interact with the the world in different ways so mm-hmm. i like that and in particular uh for again another personal favorite of mine is just seeing uh psychonauts 2 being announced yeah um, as, as a big fan of that mm-hmm. game, I still have somewhere in my drawers like eight CDs that this game came on, the original one. Like, I still remember having to swap yeah. CDs um, at a time in life when we use CDs. Um, if you're like 20 and under listening to this, you might have to just quickly Google what CDs are. Um, but, you know, do that, come back. 
and mm. you know you, then you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah so i was a big fan of like the weirdness um the weirdness of that game mm. the the just the different characters that were in that game and just it was funny and yeah being funny in a game is is harder than it it looks but it genuinely made me laugh so excited to see that come back so that was my my worst and uh one of the best from the show for me awesome but uh loud do you have any i know you you already said (laughs) yes well i never really said my best but okay um, give us your best oh man so it's kind of a tough one for me because i think it was a like a whistle stop tour of everything but uh, don't hate me okay (laughs) (laughs) basically i I did like the halo trailer i really did (laughs) i really did um and i and i skipped most of it so because <laughs> i was like who is this guy all right let's just skip to like the good stuff oh there he is um and then i was just like yeah okay that i don't know maybe it, that was more nostalgia for me um but on a more serious note um partly because youtube just kept advertising it every other video um cyberpunk 2077 did yeah. look very intriguing mm. I, I, yeah. I am also a Deus Ex fan although I never finished the game um, I'm a cyberpunk fan and like that kind of world has been created in such an authentic way it just looks so massive and it's my style of game so yeah they kind of had me there Yeah, a uh, <laughs> little bit kind of raise eyebrow on the plot and where they might be going with that but um, I kind of like the protagonist, having said all that. So, yeah, it had me. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I guess that's our roundup of P3. It's usually on the show, we, um, we talk about stories, whether they're in films or video games. And then we try and pull out some kind of tip, some bit of advice for people who might be working on writing uh, or creating their own story. So looking at the stuff to come out from E3, one of the things that I noticed, and I think you guys can sort of um, add to this, is just the, I guess the the idea of the of diversity in in video games as a whole. Obviously, as we've spoken about that, but particularly in protagonist. Um, and one of the things that uh, sort of stood out to me was maybe the lack of diversity in some of the pra- protagonists. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, looking at you. Um, huh. I feel <laughs> that, that was a, but why that was a good um, example of, I guess, the problem is that you have this game where that is set in a universe of just a range of species, different mm. looks, different types of people alien men women other um aliens yeah. from different planets and your protagonist is just looks so generic and i just feel they've just gone for the sort of generic white male no outstanding features or anything and no but it's all maybe... right it's all right nigel because he's ginger that was what i was told oh yeah <sighs> so it's, you know it's actually fine it's different because he's ginger so you know what that that is, is on me yeah, that that's really um, on you. I How dare you? Ginger's uh, representation of you. Yeah, let me change the notes up. Uh, we're going to talk about something else. <laughs> so, um, What's wrong? But... The forest was in there, though. I saw forest, right? That's okay. Yes. You know? 
he was he was in there for a bit. That that uh, also counts for something? something. Question mark. Oh no. But but yeah. So it kind of goes to the idea of your protagonist in the story. So I guess for for us as as Maya Mada, we've in a way uh, skipped this issue because all our characters are are animals, but it's still a point to be made about bringing diversity into your characters, into your protagonists, whether it's sort of physical appearance, diversity, or just diversity of the story, yeah. uh, hopefully some of both. Um, so just to you know, go at a really basic level, just your protagonist in your story is your main character, just to sort of at its most basic level. And it's the character that your story is centered around. So the reader or the viewer or the player will see the story from that character's perspective. So it matters in terms of who the character is, what their background is, what kind of uh, things are motivating them um, as to, you know, what makes an interesting story. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Uh, Annabelle, do you want to go first? I feel like I'm talking too much. (laughs) I think um, as a writer, when I'm making a story, I think it's always important to me to represent different people you know I think as a storyteller in anything whatever you're doing whether you're a filmmaker or a game you're designing a game you always have to you have a um I think a duty to represent I'm not just saying just put all these different characters just because you have to make sure you have the black one and the white one and this one and that one but you have to make sure that um you represent as many people as you can and you constantly just putting on a white male is not good enough I think in this day and age as well it's never been good enough it's never been good enough I'm not just gonna say in this day it's just never been good enough and I think it's also lazy as well because when I read about oh um you know you you remember the whole H&M so this is a bit off topic and they put the black boy in the coolest monkey in the shirt yeah and and someone was like see if he'd just been on two white kids it would have it wouldn't have been an issue and I'm just like that's just lazy you know instead of doing your research research into different characters research into what it means to be a black woman or a black guy or an Asian man anything like that and then actually put a character in there that portrays them and their story and people I think are drawn to those sort of things when I write I I write and I make sure that I tell their truth properly. And I think that it reads more authentic when there's, there's various people from different backgrounds. It sounds better and it just reads better. And it's also an actual representation of the world that we live in. Yeah. It's not just the world is all white men and that's it. Although they like to think it is, it, there's, everyone else is here. And I think it's very important that um games and anything when you're making a story um reflects that you know seeing yourself represent represented is like just the basic minimum that you can do to mm. imagining something you know yeah and i think like one of the reasons why it matters you mentioned representation but uh also from a point of view for like for story you the idea is like you empathize with your protagonist so you mm. kind of in a good story, you want them to feel, you want your, your reader or whatever it may be to feel what the character is feeling and understand why they're doing the things that they do in the yeah. situations they're in. So when you have that sort of limited 
um, type of protagonist, you get that limited um, chance to empathize with people who are who are different. Mm-hmm. And I feel stories are really powerful for allowing us to see things from other people's eyes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so being able to do that in your story is important. So it's important that in games we do get chances to see more uh, diverse uh, protagonists, not just from a visual representation thing, but the types of places that they're coming from um, in their in their own story, what that might be, and as well as you know being able to represent different types of characters. You also just from a, a business perspective, you get different types of stories, so you're not always mm-hmm. seeing the sort of uh, rugged sort of um, <laughs> yeah, you know that kind of. Uh, not shaved a few days stubble characters yeah who's you know um in that same situation you're getting something uh something different and that's why was interested um in some of the games that did do that or i say some of the games the one that had uh two um uh the name yes deathloop yeah so just seeing that and just hoping that that's just not just a cosmetic uh, mm. thing but mm. there is something in there that kind of goes to who these characters are and where they've come from and what their motivations might be uh, mm-hmm. in that game having said that just to give a sort of opposite view is that you don't always have to justify having um, sort of a, a minority okay. character yeah. in your game sometimes it can mm. just be a, a story that has a black lead and that's mm-hmm. just it and we're just going to go about uh, the rest of the game because that was something I was going to mention, actually. I think sometimes, like, where... It's really unfortunate, but where the diversity conversation is going is, like, oh, make these characters black. And I'm like, no, that shouldn't be the point. We we should just have these stories where the character happens to be black. That That's yeah. what... Or happens to be black, happens to be, you know, of colour in some yeah. way. Or, you know, not even just that, happens to be gay, trans, binary, disabled, etc. Like, you know, just just those things instead of it being almost like a crutch or something to fall back onto like because a good example of that is obviously cj from san andreas like that's not you know that's not the pinnacle of black representation (laughs) at all um so i think that that's sort of where we're getting to the where where the conversation is going and you know like i said i called it crumbs before because that is essentially what it is like you know it's been a long time coming to actually see protagonists that aren't just like your nathan drakes or the halo guy that we saw in the infinite trailer i was just like can you come up with something else like why is it always like the five o'clock shadow the flipping dark brown bed like why is it always that so it is annoying but at the same time like i don't just want to see it shoehorned in for the sake of it like Mm. tell stories that actually reflect us like you know i but then the problem with that is that there aren't enough of us in the industry in these positions to kind of say, okay, as in like the lead narrative designer on this, this is the story that I want to tell. This is how we're going to tell it. There, there aren't enough of us sort of doing that. And I think that's the real shame. Um, you know, I was saying this uh, the other day, but I think it's criminal that we haven't gotten a story about like 
you know, sort of for me, because obviously, actually, I just realized all three of us are Ghanaian. I don't know where you're from now, but um, that's really weird. Anyway. Um, I've been to Accra. Let's just say that. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it's wild that we don't have a story about, like, you know, Yaa Santua, who is, like, you know, mm. the sort of woman, the freedom fighter. She was, like, the queen mother, and she was, like, an absolute beast, you know? And the fact that we don't have a story about Ghana and, like, the colonial rule is criminal but at the same time do i really trust the makers of gta to write something yeah. like that <laughs> no, yeah. not really so i think that it, and then it sort of trickles down and feeds into each other um so it is something that i'd like to see more and not just kind of fall back on well a white male protagonist makes money or you know because that's just not yeah, true like it's just straight yeah. up not true you've not given us the opportunity to even put our money where our mouth is let alone yeah. anything else so you know at least give us that chance and yeah just talking about like what makes a good protagonist a great example again is like watchdogs one and two the watchdogs one protagonist aiden i think his name was like aiden, the most, yeah the most driest piece of bread i've ever seen in my life and then like watchdogs two comes out and you're like oh my god i can't remember the second protagonist game uh his name but like he was so much more fun like instantly i was like yeah i'm totally switched on and like engaged with him and you know it makes me want to learn more about him seeing aiden cry i'm just like please just turn this off like i don't want this anymore yeah. you know that <laughs> i guess that all does go to like their their backstory and who like yeah. fleshing out your characters properly so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally and yeah i, I don't think and, and like I said, it is possible that where we do have the representation, that's not followed through on like CJ. Like it was very, very weak. So especially playing it now, you're just like, oof, mm. <laughs> wow. I this is like two steps well. away from yeah. Shaka diving. Like, <laughs> so I guess, yeah, there are your, there are your tips for sort of, I guess, why and maybe how you should create a diverse protagonist. It just can make for a more interesting story when you think a little outside of the box that's been uh, sort of overly worn by now. Yeah, 100%. Cool. So... Yeah, I guess, uh, Lau, is there anything we need to let people know? You're mm-hmm. the you're the organized one here, so yeah, yeah. So I think tell us um, tell us what we need to know, Lau. At this point, we were really supposed to go through some uh, listener feedback and questions, and um, unfortunately, we have no questions Nothing. for this episode. Nothing okay. whatsoever. So if you are listening and you'd like to win a special prize, which we're going to invent. Once you send your question in, um, then yeah, send us a question. <laughs> send us a question, and we'd be more than happy to answer it. But as for this episode, we don't have any. So, pretty much that brings us to the close of the show. I mean, it's been really fun. Um, but I do have to talk about a few things. So, um, first of all, just to say that uh, the podcast will be release first on Patreon, and then 24 hours later on SoundCloud. Uh, please support us. 
if you would like to see more of this goodness and you'll basically get to hear this episode first before anyone else and it just helps us develop the show and pay for cupcakes and stuff like that to give away <laughs> at our events so yeah uh, also do check out our stories it's available on our website that's uh, www.mayamada.com forward slash manga and you can read some of our own stuff and of course you can get the same at any of our upcoming conventions um and of course in about six days time i think it is um yeah (laughs) we've got our next gamepad event uh and we'd love to connect with you guys so like just chat you can ask us questions give us suggestions uh whatever you want um and that'll be at the next gamepad and you can get your tickets at gamepad.events with an S at the end. That's gamepad.events. And I think we'll just talk a tiny little bit about the next show. Uh, So, Nigel, who do we have uh, next time? Oh, yeah. So, next up, we've got Rich and Jason, who host the Wulong Talks podcast. And we're going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, the new Spider-Man coming out in just a few weeks actually so yeah we're going to be discussing that and what is actually officially the end of this phase of the mcu so yeah looking forward to it i am also looking forward to it and the film um so uh, yeah that actually brings us to the end of the show it's been so cool chatting with you shay and annabelle um it's had a really yeah, it's great been a blast yeah yeah no thanks for having me Same here. Yeah. yeah and honestly you you're both welcome anytime you want uh yeah, just just give us a shout, or we'll have you back on here. And uh, maybe, just maybe, um, I might well, have works. seen something. And yeah, no. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I hope to like follow up and like see you like you know like a month or so down the line to see where your progress is. No, genuinely, we are gonna do this. It's it's it, it's a, okay. it's definitely a process, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day, but yeah. special um, Biomeda Story X Story intervention episode. Yes. Coming. So we'll you do can that. try, but it's, okay. it's going to be quite hard to get me back in, I'll be honest. Challenge um, accepted. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, um, our email address, if you have any feedback out there, is feedback at myameda.com. And like I said before, we release these episodes twice a month, Tuesdays on Patreon and 24 24 hours later on SoundCloud. So you can check us out at mymatter.com forward slash podcast. But that is the end of the show. Thanks so much, everyone. And we will see you next time. Thank you.